0: There it goes. All right. Welcome, everyone. I am so happy that you are joining me today. And I am so super excited about our guest. I, oh, my phone is playing in the background. I apologize for that. Um, my guest today is someone that I met just a couple of years ago. And well, no, I guess it wasn't even a couple of years ago. I guess it was
1: a couple months. earlier
0: this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I met Zach, I grew up watching basketball and being involved in basketball programs. My parents ran a basketball program um, for over 25 years. And so I was, uh, there, were, there were weeks in my life where I watched 130 basketball games in a week. Um, middle school and, and grade school, but it's still, um, that's a lot of basketball in one week. Mm-hmm. And growing up, um, my brother played, my nephew played, my daughter played for a few years. And then they all were out of school and, um, a few years ago, my a friend of mine's daughter was playing for the women's team. And so I went up to watch and then I hung around for the men's basketball team and I was hooked. Um, the GU Panthers play something called the system. It is extremely fast paced and it's just very entertaining to watch in my opinion. Um, I was lucky enough last year to be there when they scored 200 points in a game And that was crazy, exciting, and just crazy in general. Um, And then this year, when I was back watching, I saw this young man out on the floor and immediately felt like I needed to get to know him. Because I truly believe that Zach lives my hashtag no limits philosophy. So, Zach, welcome. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Can you tell me and our audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, well, I'm Zach Neighbors. I'm 20. I'm from South Georgia. And I play basketball at uh, Greenville University.
0: And um, you have one sibling or more than one?
1: I have one sibling.
0: Okay. And that's a brother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Zach is from Georgia. I'm in Illinois. And we were just before the... Uh, live started talking about the heat and they have a lot more heat than we do um and they can have it because i don't like the heat so <laughs> um so zach tell me um how long you've been playing basketball
1: um i've been playing basketball all my life but i never i didn't really start taking it serious until after my ba- uh after my accident i i always i always love playing it but I, I wanted to be a football player before my accident, but okay. it just all it all switched.
0: Right. So you you led right into my next question. Can you tell us about your accident?
1: Uh, I was in a boating accident when I was about twelve, I think, going on thirteen, and basically what happened was uh, we were going fishing one afternoon, and I was I was helping my my grandma's husband put the uh, put the boat in the dock, and or put the boat in the water, I mean, and I was holding the boat up against the dock with a rope and I had or I had it wrapped around my wrist. And whenever he went to pull the boat up out of the water to like, park the trailer, park the boat, the rope that I was holding around my wrist and that was attached to the boat uh, got caught on the guiding pole on the trailer, the two, two poles that stand on the top. Of the trailer and it pulled me in the boat about 30 or 40 yards. And uh, the the rope basically cut all my circulation off and I ended up having to have an amputation.
0: Goodness. So um, when I talked to you about this before, you said that it had damaged like your whole arm and you were basically given the choice of either keeping your whole arm, but it just being, I think you called it a dead arm because all the nerves and stuff would be dead or yeah. having to do the amputation. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah. So like I had like certain, like, I'm not a, i am not like a like a doctor or anything. Right. But I had, I had like things messed up in my arm that, um that was caused by me being pulled And like, like basically like, Flopping around and twisting, so it me- it basically messed up like the nerves and everything, like you were saying. And I was I just had I was given the choice of you- we can amputate it, and you would just you'll have to learn to do everything, or have a dead arm, and it would just it would be no use to you.
0: And so you said you were around the age of twelve. Did did your family leave that decision up to you or was it sort of a family decision as to whether or not to amputate?
1: Uh, well, the doctors told me it had to be my decision ultimately because it's my hand doing the, the removing, I guess. Right, uh, but, sure. Um, but, um, they, uh, uh, my family did help with the decision. I had lost my tra- uh, train of thought. My family did help with the decision. Um, it was just, but they left it on me to have my own decision to where I wouldn't have any like regrets or anything. so i'm um, I'm ultimately happy about the decision. i I believe everything happens for a reason
0: okay that's that's just a lot of uh, the, I mean that's a super heavy decision for a thirteen, twelve year old, however old you were at the time to make. So um kudos to you for being able to. To make that decision. And I'm glad that you don't have regrets. That was actually going to be a question I was going to ask. So Mm -hmm. um, you took care of that for me. So how long was was your recovery? And since you amputated, did that sort of automatically get the nerves and everything activating? Or did you have therapies you had to go through?
1: Um, I did. I ended up, I want to start this to where like it all just flows into everything. So well, after my surgery, they told me I could I could stay in the hospital. I think another week. This is all kind of blurry because oh, I sure. am doing the talking and everything. But they they basically gave me the option I could stay in for like a week, and they could help me to recovery. But I had ended up telling them it was, it's it's actually a funny story. My mom can tell you. They brought in a nurse, brought in a like a it was like a like a, a scale, and it had they had like a frowny face and like a smiley face at the very end and they were like like tell us how you feel like are you a 1 are you a 10 are you whatever and i i just stopped and i was like to be honest i don't i don't need any of this I, i'm fine i'm wow i'm good with my decision and so i left i left i ended up leaving the hospital and i did physical therapy for a while just to learn how to do certain things and, but I don't uh, that it wasn't, it wasn't very long.
0: That's, that's incredible to me. I mean, that just, I, I'm also not a medical person, so it just seems like there should have, would have been more to it than that, but um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's, it was fairly simple. It sounds like, I mean, I know there was more technical things that happened, but um, I'm glad that it didn't take a long time for you to recover. So that's your Right arm that that happened on, right? Uh, yes. And you are left-handed and always have been. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm guessing in those therapies, that's what helped you, you know, kind of get used to only having the upper limb on the right hand, um, right arm. And then, um, did you have to learn how to to do anything that you had already known how to do, or was it because you were left-handed, you pretty much didn't have that much to learn?
1: Well, during this time, my mom was like, she was looking for options for me for like prosthetics and like where I could learn how to do certain stuff. And that's how I uh, I have, Laura, that's how we figured out about Navability, which I know you'll probably cover later. But um, so we did the whole like prosthetic route, but it just never, it was just never something I I. It just it felt like it was like restricting me. I was never really completely comfortable with it. I tried it out for a while like probably like the first year after my accident but it just seemed like everything was easier. Uh, Just adapting with one hand.
0: So as you were recovering um, did you ever and as you were getting used to to all of your life the way it was after the accident um, who or what was your inspiration to keep going, and why did you keep going?
1: Um, uh, I, I really, I really don't. I have, I have a few answers. Obviously, in my family, um, and I just believe it, it happened for a reason. It happened to me because I was, I was meant to be able to handle this situation. I, I don't. I don't really know because I've I've talked to people that have one hand that are a different limb situation that they're missing and it's not the same story but I just think it was it's just okay I know I, I just but I would I would definitely say like my family they helped me and just just wanting to the the want and the, the desire to feel normal, I would say. So Mm -hmm. as a kid, like as a kid, that's what you want to do. You wanna you wanna everybody wants to fit in, everybody wants to be the popular kid. So me wanting to be the person I was before my accident, I feel like pushed me to accomplish the things that I could do with two hands, like play basketball, play video games, tie my shoes, stuff like that. So um Mm -hmm. It's just a
0: um You attend a Christian college, um, and I know that you don't have to be a Christian to attend there. So I was just wondering if there was, um, you know, a higher power because you you say that you believe everything happens for a reason. Um, so is was your faith in any way part of what what motivated you, or is it just that? Everything happens for a reason and that's
1: uh my faith, uh yeah. Um uh, I am a Christian. So that um that belief comes from me believing in God, me believing that I He put this challenge in front of me for me to accomplish. I I, I truly do believe I have a bigger purpose.
0: I think so too. Um so yes, tell us about the camp that you found in Illinois and how you found it being from Georgia.
1: Um so like I was saying before, like when my mom was um, she was going through the transition of trying to find things where I could I could learn to do new things and learn to be a kid again. She stumbled across Nubbability in uh, Ducoin, Illinois, and it was it's a, it's a sports camp where they teach limb different kids the desired sport they want to play. So if I wanted to play golf, they would have a one-handed or if I if I so I have one hand, so if I wanted to play golf, they would have a one-handed coach out there to teach me how they learned how to do it. Same with basketball, same mm-hmm. with baseball, soccer, football, swimming, wrestling. They have every sport, weightlifting.
0: That's incredible. And they do that also if there's someone who has I presume zero arms or one leg or zero legs.
1: Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a coach for every camper really.
0: That is amazing. And now I think you told me when I spoke to you in the spring that you are there you went as a as a camper. Um mm-hmm. but now you go back, is that correct? As a as a leader or a coach?
1: Mm-hmm. So I started as a coach or a camper. And I think I went for about two or three years until I was old enough. And whenever I was old enough, I became kind of like a helper. When I was 16, I became like a helper, not really a coach, just helping kids as much as I could and not really taking the lead on anything. But now I've, it's now that I'm older, I've returned every year since then to help out as much as I can.
0: That's awesome. So were they able to hold that camp this year with everything going on?
1: They weren't. They hmm. weren't able to hold it.
0: That's that's set. Well, hopefully everything's back to um, being able to be face to face, and they'll be able to start that up and have that camp again next summer. And so, um, so that that brought you to Illinois. And so, how did you find out about Greenville University?
1: I found out uh, about Greenville through Sam Cooner, the uh, leader of or the the founder of Navability, and um, so. I was at I was at Valosta State my freshman year of college, and I was redshirted and I wasn't playing. And so, whenever I decided that I was going to transfer, I was looking for teams. I was looking like, where am I going to go? I, I just want to play basketball. And I reached out to Sam, and him being the position where he is, he has a lot of connections to people in high places. I guess I, I guess you would say. And he he just had ended up. He uh, he went to Greenville and played baseball there, and so he knew Coach Barber. He knew the uh, the uh, program, and uh, I ended up getting in contact with Coach Barber. And I sent him my film, and the rest is history. We uh, I ended up coming on a visit, and I love the place. So we're back. That's,
0: That's awesome. There. So. I'm going to put up a few um, pictures and a couple of videos of you playing. So um, I can't tell you which team this was that you played against. But um, thankfully, it was a winning game. And (laughs) we've got a score of a 161 to 131. Um, In your experience, has that been pretty typical of the scores in your games? Yes. (laughs) okay that's kind of what i thought because that's what they've been when i've been um can you see this picture now and um can you see that i changed the picture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: can you see what's going on in this picture
1: uh that's after the game um after every game we we circle up and we usually we usually thank the fans and we say a prayer
0: okay um and let's see so that's just another shot of that Uh oh keep going Oh no, where'd the rest of my pictures go? Okay, maybe I'm going the wrong way. Maybe I have to go this way. Um, all right, this one looks like it wants to be a video, hopefully. Okay, there. So um, again, I don't know who you're playing, but here you are right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so number 32, for those of you who are watching. And so you can kind of see that this is, a, I think, a fairly fast paced game. Can you kind of tell us um what the requirements are when you're playing
1: um we want to get a we want to get a shot usually in the first 11 seconds of our uh of our possession and okay. uh during the game we have we have like certain goals that we want to reach which is which we set for every goal which would be like shoot 24 or 25 more shots than an opponent um a certain amount of threes um offensive rebounding and uh i believe steals yeah turnovers steals
0: okay so for anybody who is a die-hard basketball fan i know sometimes they don't always think that this is um that you guys have plays um is what i've been told but um i I mean you just kind of said it you know you try to take more shots you try to get more turnovers um, take more threes. And at the beginning of this, we saw you make your three. Um, so let's see, I'm trying to see. So that was that video. Um, so when you joined the team, um, was there any sort of, hmm, what, what was the response from, from everybody on the team, from the faculty, um, to other students?
1: Um i feel like it's been very welcoming i've always had uh especially with the team i've i've felt like i've always had a equal opportunity to be successful. It's just depending on how how i uh how i perform and how i work um the fans have they've been great i haven't had any problems with any students any 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 really adjusting it's been it's been very welcoming i would say i've i've been happy
0: good and from an outsider's perspective, watching the games, it seems that all the players really—yes, they care about winning—but they care about each other too. You—you you seem like you're a type of family. Would 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 you agree to that?
1: I would. I I, I mean, you battle all all preseason, all season, and in postseason, you build a you build a brotherhood of a, a bond that. It's unbreakable i mean those guys in that locker room are they'll probably be some of my best friends until i grow up or not grow up and while i'm growing up and until that day that i'm old comes
0: right so tell me about this scene what's happening here
1: uh that's um that's like before tip off we we always circle up and do the whole uh step and riley does a backflip, but I don't know who's gonna do the backflip this year. Riley's not returning. He's a, he graduated. He
0: graduated.
1: <laughs> it won't be me in the circle. I know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not a backflip kind of person, huh? Uh. Uh-uh. No. All right. So that's you. Um, so how often that was you coming off the floor? How often do you switch out playing um, and being on the bench?
1: They try to. Um, they try to um, sub every minute. Okay. If, possible but with how basketball goes like you can't always get a a dead ball or a point where the game can stop so if it goes too long we might call a timeout but not really you just wait for the next dead ball
0: right um so can you tell me like what do you do i mean because this this is very fast-paced i mean you've been up and down the floor multiple times um in the videos that I've shown, do you have an like an average? Do you have any idea how many times you're up and down the floor in a game?
1: No, I I really don't know. I uh, that'd be that'd be something to to see because I know that it's just down and back, down and back.
0: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um. So I'm just gonna show. I think I've got maybe one more video. Nope. Just I think another scoreboard so again, you know, we got a 131 to 125. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was, I think this was the first game that I saw you in because, um, you had the orange uniforms instead of the white ones and it kind of threw me off. But, um, so I'm going to stop sharing my screen and go back to, um, just whoops, maybe I will, what's going on here. There we go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think, you know, I've pretty much covered most of the topics that I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, Is there something that you would want to tell someone who finds themselves in a situation similar to yours where um, you you started off with thinking that everything was normal or like everybody else's? And then at some point in your life, either something happens or you get a diagnosis that you aren't like everybody else. Um, What would you say to that person or that kid?
1: I would say, well, I have two things I would really say. Um, The first would be um, really assess your situation. Um, I think what helped me is whenever I went to go get my prosthetics, like fitted and do everything, we went to Washington, D.C. at the big hospital there and just seeing 18 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds, how really young um missing one limb, two limbs, three limbs, four limbs just knowing that whatever you're going through it could it could always be worse it's it's not that the sun will come up tomorrow it will be a new day just just keep pushing and the the next would be so believe in yourself, because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to believe in you. Just-
0: right. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so my hashtag, like I said, my philosophy at the beginning of this is, um, is no limits. And I, I come up with that because oftentimes um, people who see someone like yourself or see someone who has um, a cognitive disability mm-hmm. will assume that person can only do so much. Uh And so my, my hashtag no limits is that we have to stop doing that, stop making that assumption, stop looking at someone's outer shell and assuming we know anything about that person later on down the road. Um, And and I think you are a great example of that because um, you, you could have, after your boating accident, sat and wallowed and listened to anybody who might've said, oh, your life like you knew it is over or, you know, nothing's gonna be the same for you anymore. And so to me, you, you epitomize that and you are an inspiration to me. And I hope that um, this is on YouTube and this will be on Facebook, that you, as well as what you do at the camp and playing basketball that you do have something greater in store for your life and that you will be an inspiration to many, many others. Um, again, I wanna say thank you for joining me today. Um, for anyone who is watching this, either with us right now or in a replay version, if um, if you wanna go see Zach play, um, you and or if you live far away and you can't go see him play, um, they stream the games, correct? Mm-hmm. So um, just look up Greenville University, Panthers men's basketball, and you can either hopefully attend in person this year. I'm really hoping um, there were, I didn't get to go to as many games last year as I wanted to. And so I'm really hoping that you guys are back in in season and able to play and able to have fans in attendance. Um, or if you can't go in person, like I said, just you can go ahead and stream it. Um, So I am Shelly Kino. I am education consultant and master IEP coach. I work with families who have a child that has unique needs, and I continue um, helping them through their education process, which I don't believe, Zach, you probably ever had an IEP. Is that or did you?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Okay. Um, I didn't think so. I think I thought it was the, the limb, and that your academics were fine, and um, it was you know just the physical therapy that you had to go through. So, um, uh, thank you, everybody, and um, we're changing the world one IEP at a time, one one person at a time. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.